You are listening to Primal Radio, the podcast dedicated to combat sports, martial arts, self-defense, and the warrior mindset. And here are your hosts from Hamilton, New Jersey, Jim McCann, and London, England, Tom McGrath. All right, Primal Radio, we're back. What's up, Tom? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Uh, it's raining heavily over here in London. British summer has arrived. Well, look, you guys had some great weather. And actually, the weather's actually been pretty fucked up here in Jersey. Raining and cloudy. Every day it's different. But anyway, how did the Hawk seminar go in, in Belgium? It was awesome. I did an interview with him in, in the hotel lobby. I hadn't listened to it yet. His stories are amazing. <laughs> uh, he's got great stories. Worth going. And great CD too as well. Of course, of course. Anyway, so here we go. So we've been trying to make this happen for some time now, and just schedules didn't always work out for a whole host of reasons. I've had the opportunity to meet this man, and he's a true gentleman and a hell of a warrior, and I've heard nothing but really positive things about this guy. This guy right now, if my intel is correct, is the number two ranked pro lightweight uh, in the United States. He's got a pro record of 13-3. and three. The one, the only American badass, Sydney Outlaw. How you doing, Sydney? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How was that intro, man? Was it good enough? It was awesome, actually. There. <laughs> the intro is a little bit different. I'm, I'm number one. The guy You're number one. Up. All right. Well, listen, shit, listen. The guy yeah. technically on, on paper that you're referring to, I forget right. his name. He's a 170 pounder. It just so happened he makes weight like at 169, whatever. I'm like, why, why the fuck? I wanted to fight him, but they're like, yo, he fights at 170. I'm like, why? Why is he ranked? Regardless, I don't care paper, a belt. I'm still better than people's favorite fighters. <laughs> you know? No, you are. You're great, man. I've heard. Look, you are a war. And thanks so much, man, for coming out and supporting Primal uh, Promotions, man. You've well, been to a couple it, of shows, right? Yes, I love the uh, the shows. I love, you know, I like to, to see the beginning of greatness. You know, I got to support the best brand. You know what I mean? I, well, look, that's where it all started out for you in the small shows like that, and you work your way up through the you know, through the ranks, and it's a long journey. So we're going to kind of go through your history and your, and your story, and you got a hell of a story. Did you grow up in the Philadelphia area? Yeah, I, and, I, and I tell people this a lot. Like, I'm really fortunate. I have a very, very great mother. We were in Philadelphia, yeah. but we were always inside the house. I want to say possessive over us because we were her kids. She didn't want us being like one of those, she didn't want us hanging out or seeing us where we could go. My sister's a nurse. My other brother got so many options. My other little sister's getting scholarship at the age of what, like 16 from Penn State University. You know, so my mom did a very, very, even though our relationship is definitely like rocky right now, raising us, she she definitely did a good job. She made sure we was in the house. We were not hanging out with anybody that got suspended for school. We were in the house. We lived right across the park. Every day I wow. thought my mom was the evil. I thought she was evil. I'm like, why do we live across the park? And we never Wait. went to the park. <laughs> I, I never trying- understood that. I'm like, why would she do that, you know? She was trying to protect you, man, keep you out of trouble. As I got older, I realized that, you know, as right. the older I got, I'm like, oh, the, well, the park was notorious for like, like, you know, freaking, I don't got to explain it. It was notorious for this, you know, bad right. stuff, you know what I mean? So, um. Right. It was like, you know, like, I didn't know. We were, when my mom used to pick us up from school, I used to run all into the house just so I can get a couple swings on the swing, get on the slide, ride down, jump in the house. I'm like, all right, good. I got about five good minutes on the, you know, in the playground. You know what I mean? But as you got older, you're like, yo, she did a good job because, you know, if I hung out with the, you know, people, I'm, you pr- I probably would have been a rapper. You never know. <laughs> or a real outlaw. <laughs> <laughs> so was your father not around or? 
my dad was around. He just does. He didn't like me. I feel like you know I was like a, a mistake to him. I'm his best mistake he ever made. So, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, not much of a real relationship with your. your nah, your not at all. Not at all. He really didn't like me. I don't really care to be honest. Uh, he can't uh, me so. So you grew up in Philly and stuff. And so obviously, where you grew, it was it was a pretty tough upbringing. Your mom apparently did a pretty good job keeping you out of trouble. Yeah. So, so you yeah. never got in trouble with the law, didn't get in fights, nothing like that. No, no, never did. I mean, fights is fights. I guess you know the, the right. cops they did. I mean, in Philly. Not really. It was always like everything was organized. We used to get a fight. We got suspended. I got suspended like two times every year in high school, in, in school. As I got older and did wrestling, trust me, I got a lot of butt with it. And I understood right. it. I remember I remember sitting in the office and be like, damn, why did I do that? Why <laughs> did I do that? Right. Now I got to get my ass whooped. You know what I mean? I'm like, right. I just look at myself. I'm like, yo, you are, you could have got away. You could have got away with it. But nope, you had to, you know, just being dumb. But, um. As I got older and went to high school, that's when, like, you know, things got real. You know, I remember a couple of times the cop came, and I went to the high school in the suburban area, Sarderton. Yeah. Sarderton High School. That's where I began my wrestling career. I did a wrestling all through high school. And I uh, was wrestling for you. Just, you just jumped on the team, and were you a natural, or did you kind of take a beating at first? I think I was a little bit natural, but I only did wrestling for MMA. Yeah, I, my first art was jujitsu. My whole family always been into boxing. Understand what I'm saying? So I already yeah. had that boxing type of mindset. I understood, yeah. you know, bob and weave, hit, don't get hit. You know what I mean? I understood that. You know, I mean, that's when the UFC came out. So I'm trying to be like these guys. So you want to be like the Gracies, right? That's common right. sense. So with that said, I just, I did jujitsu class. I think my first instructor was Renzo from Renzo oh. Gracie. Right, right. And then a wrestler came in. He, he just destroyed me. I won. I, I submitted him with a uh, X-choke or something with the gi. You had to yeah, hold yeah. the gi. I'm like, yeah, yo, this yeah. guy don't own nothing. And I remember at the time, like, I don't know if somebody said this, but my mom was like, listen, you get a choice. You can get jujitsu classes or a PlayStation because my brother got me hooked on this from the Army. Like, soon he came from the Army, he was like, yo, that's wrestling fake. This is real. I saw it. I was hooked. I wanted jujitsu. Right. I was like, all right, you get jujitsu class or a PlayStation 3. At the time, I, I believe I had a PlayStation 2. And again, my mom was always like, you know, I want you guys in the house. I don't want you guys playing around. Even though we right. went to the suburbs, she still was like, you know what? I want you guys to stay in, in your books. I want you guys to do this and blah, blah, blah. So she got us a lot of games, TV. And we were used to Sega Genesis. You dig what I'm saying? Around <laughs> that PlayStation there. So she's like, awesome. My mom was already awesome. It wasn't really like, we didn't know what was hard time. Even though she had it hard, we didn't. Makes yeah, sense? She, did she see the value in martial arts? No, she didn't care. She just didn't want me to be like a freaking gangster. She didn't want to be like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> she she like, did anything, right? Yeah, she was like, listen, you do what you got to do. Just, just don't be gangbanging. Well, I'm sick of that stuff. You do right. what you got to do. And I'm like, all right, cool. With that background that you've got, did you get some of the traditional martial arts values drummed into you? You know, like be respectful, listen to your, you know, because sometimes people think with like maybe MMA that you don't get that kind of grounding that you get with, say, the more Asian martial arts. A billion, a billion, a billion, a billion percent. People are ignorant today. We got, I mean, for granted, we got a rapper call himself 6'9", and he got rainbow color hair, and he's a millionaire in jail, <laughs> snitching. People are retarded. <laughs> now, nowadays, I don't know what to say. That's Jim's favorite rapper. 
It's an oxymoron. Dude, listen, listen. I'm just, the only reason I'm bringing up this guy, he's a gangster, right. but he got rainbow-colored hair. He's snitching. He, he's going to, he's doing a, it's weird, but that's just, I just want to show you the day, the, the new time that we're living in. Period. We're screwed. <laughs> yeah, with that said, yeah, man. Yeah. People are scared nowadays. People don't like challenges. People don't like pressure. Back in the right. old days, you see Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali. You just don't have that pressure no more. And, and I just don't want to get in a habit of this. So people are, can I, can I curse on here? Of course. <laughs> yeah, we love it. It's encouraged. <laughs> My original coach, uh, Rich Salata, he's, he's, he's the originator of Sydney Outlaw. Like, I didn't have, I wouldn't have nothing. Like, my mindset and everything, I'm like the black, young version of him. He's literally, <laughs> he, he created me. He created everything. The mindset of training three times a day. Oh, you're hurt? We'll figure it out. People make this saying called train smarter, not harder. That's some lazy ass shit. You <laughs> train smarter just to figure out how to train harder. You right. dig what I'm saying? That's it. People now are pussyfied. That's his word. <laughs> and that's true. And it's sad because I'm like, I'm like, I don't have much to offer the world. I'm just a fighter, right? So with that said, the values of it is like, I try to tell people like, you don't have to fight. You can just train. You can be one of those guys that's really good that don't have to right. fight. You feel what I'm saying? Sure. It, you, you just learn how to handle adversity. Adversity is something that's not going to go away. That's next right. to pressure. Pressure's always going to stay there. You know what I'm saying? Like, how are you going to like, are you going to quit? Are you going to like stop? I quit. Believe it or not, what made me, I feel like when I quit and I felt that pain, it's deep down. I keep thinking about that. Every time when somebody had me a submission, I can, I can get out. I know I can get out. You know what I mean? I just got to squeeze out. I think about that. Or when somebody had me in a tight submission, I don't want to quit. I just got to say to myself, you know what? I got to get him back the next time. But I, if I tap, I have to get him. I have to get him. He got me once, I got to get him two times. If he got, you know, he gave me two times, I got to get him six times. It's the principle. Mindset. They don't have it. People are pussies. I don't know why, but it's okay. Uh -huh. You took well to that discipline and that hard-nosed training. You, you, you've you seen a lot of people in the gym, I assume, who don't handle that well, right, and just disappear? A bunch of them. You'll be very surprised. People complain. Right. People talk. People gossip. I hate that shit. And it's sad. But it's whatever. Everybody's content with it. Do you think it's just how you were wound? Were you always this way, or did you always have to say, when you went in there and you were getting your ass kicked or you are working hard, did you accept that fully, or was there a pushback in your brain? Like, ah, do I really want to do this shit? It's always when I'm cutting weight. If you had a, all my fights, it's always like that. I do, I really want to do it, but then you slowly, like, yes. I get mad at myself. It's like, it's like I get bipolar. Like, do you want to, like, this side is like, see, do you really want to do it? The other side is like, Boy, you ever ask yourself that question again, I'll fuck you up. Don't you <laughs> ever say that. And then I'm like, right. yeah. So I'm like, yeah, my other side. Don't you ever ask that question. You know yeah. what I mean? Talk us through that cutting schedule just for listeners who probably haven't experienced it. It's a real challenge, right? It's a very, very, very challenge. And that, like I told you, I remember I told you guys I quit one of the time. And um, not, I never quit it during like a fight or anything like that. When I say quit, I mean like, one of my wrestling coaches wanted me to go to States, and I just didn't want to go. So I just didn't show up. Simple Ooh. as that. His name is Coach Smith. You know, Joe Stolfi was a, a great wrestler, and, and he was like, yo, you, you, can, you can win States. You know, you're a black kid. You're, you can get a scholarship. You can do this thing. You just focus, you know? And I'm like, no, nope, I'm good. And this is, I don't know why I did that. I guess I was just so focused on MMA or, or success. So when I'm cutting weight, I always think about that, you know? And I'm like, are you going to quit like you did that? You know, this side is saying this, by the way. Are you going to quit 
like like you did with Coach Smith because you're a pussy. I'm like, I'm not a pussy, you know. I got yeah. I'm gonna stay in the sauna. I'm gonna stay. I'm supposed to stay in the sauna for ten minutes, and then once I once I hear that, I'm like, you just a little pussy sitting. I'm like, no, I'm not a pussy. I'm gonna stay in there for another ten minutes. And I'm like, oh my god. And you know, you gotta you gotta motivate yourself, you know. But the weight cutting process is very hard because people don't understand. Like I'm looking at people driving trucks. I look at people telling me, giving me advice that's that's you know doing regular nine to five, which is a okay. I appreciate the support, but cutting weight is something different, you know. You guys know what cutting weight is, right? Yeah, of course, but I've never I've never had to do it. Yeah, Todd, <laughs> he's perfectly built. Yeah. How much weight do you cut, Sydney? Oh my gosh, he's asking me some good questions. <laughs> um, I mean, you're walking around weight is what? Walking around fighting can't wait. Yeah. Or walk around. We're no, in between fights. We've had a couple people, months off. People say I got up to 200. I never got up to 200. Holy shit. I, there's no way you I, got to. I never got to 200, but people like to lie. They say, oh, you got to 200 just so they don't have to train with me because he's bitches. But, <laughs> but I never, I never, ever, 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 ever in my life got to 200. I got up to, I got close, like 195. What were you doing? Just eating everything? <laughs> yeah, well, people people got to understand my sleep pattern is off because, like, I'm just a regular guy. Like, I got a job, and when they give me free food, I can't say no. I don't know the next <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm All hungry. Right. I like to eat. So they say, yo, Sydney, I got a box of mozzarella for you. You want to eat it? You think my black ass going to say no? Hell no. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I'm going to eat that mozzarella stick and say thank you and save some for tomorrow. You know yeah. what I mean? That's, a, that's facts. But no, everybody want to be much of judgmental. City's a fat ass. City this. Well, you can't be. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's but um, with that said, yeah, I, I get really big. I, but now I'm working with some great nutritionists. I got a great strength and nutrition coach. Um, shout out to Bulldogs and uh, Phil. I'm blessed. God has literally forged me. Like when I thought I was going, going through hell, at first I was questioning everything. When I was going through a lot of stuff, and I didn't understand it. But now just being like I was going through it like. I thought it was just burning. People left me to burn, but not really. I feel like God is just was forging me. One time in your life, you were homeless, right? Yeah, for a, mu- a bunch of times. The biggest one was when I was in a park. I never want to go to the park, but now I got a car, so now I can like see a car and you know knickknacks. You know? <laughs> so what happened? Just life kind of fell apart, or was it just? Well, the the home the the first original time was because yeah. I wanted to come up and train with these guys, and I didn't have any like i didn't have any family in new jersey or anything like that i didn't know what to do i just knew that when i first turned pro my mindset was like oh i can go as soon as i turn pro i'm gonna i'm gonna go to the ufc i'm gonna do this and i'll have money the whole entire journey throughout that uh the the time of me being homeless that's what i was thinking i'm like i'm gonna get a fight i'm gonna impress them and then i'm gonna get into ufc i'm gonna have money i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that all the girls is gonna love me i'm gonna fight them all off i was wrong my ass was homeless. I was hungry. I right. was lonely. I was yeah. cold. I was hungry. You understand? Me being hungry, yeah. how that feels? I don't like being hungry. With that said, it was like, I don't never want to do that again. I, I'm happy I did. You know, so I can understand, like, you know, I look at homeless people every day, and I'm like, dude, I feel bad. I was there, so I'm kind of like, you know the homeless people that are just lazy, that don't mind being homeless, and then you know the homeless people that are actually in bad situations. You dig what I'm saying? I would know. So I try to, like, I like like to have, like, little, like, stuff like that in the car. Little knickknacks. Just in case I see them, I can just, yo, I don't have money. But I know... That if you really need some shit, you will love that shit. You think what I'm saying? <laughs> I would have. 
Did anyone in the that? gym know you were homeless, or did you keep that secret? I wanted to keep it a secret, to be honest. I mean, and I it keep... got out, I guess, at some point, right? Yeah, I want to say uh, one of my uh, one of my former coaches, Dante. You know Dante Rivera. Of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, he's a cool guy. He he Great he guy. knew and he tried his best to help. Like I mean, he knew for a little bit, you know. I mean, we he tried his best. You know, it was just like sucky situation, you know. But we always had. He was like, "Yo, you gonna you gonna make it to the UFC? You gonna have a fight? You gonna get this much money? You gonna get a uh, you gonna rent an apartment? When you when you have another fight, you gonna rent a get a house?" You know what I mean? We had plans, we had goals, and those when you have that, when you're motivated in here, <laughs> nothing's stopping you. Nothing. I don't oh. think a bullet would have stopped me, you know? How does it work from the perspective of getting into the UFC? Because it's not always just down to rankings, right? It's down to how marketable you are, how many like seats you'll sell. Is that right? right. Is it, How do people progress from being in local leagues or like, you know, other big competitions like Bellator to getting into the UFC? Cause you're on that cusp of that right now, right? Yes, yes. I, I understand that. Like, it's like a little, it's like a level. It's like once you get past that level, then you can easily get into your seat. Like, you gotta be good. If you're a bum, then you know. Now it's a lot of people that were good that just are content. You know, they seen bum. Say Nurka, he was good. He was just content, or he was good. He was at his prime. Now, you know, they didn't build him right. He just they jumped into him. You know, but um, I feel like once you reach a certain level, you can get there. I'm at that level now. I'm at a different level, but for for the average human being, you have to get to a certain level, and then you can get to the OC. And then if you survive or not, that's up to you. You can't be an average fighter, basically. I guess. Right. You had what, like six, seven amateur fights? Yes, eight. Probably. Eight. Oh, I was eight. Okay, so eight. So how long was that? That was just a couple years. Two. Three I was years? in high school. Yeah, yeah. I was in high school. I felt man. That was a confident booster. I was in high school. I was shy. It was a lot of pretty girls. Right. My, my senior, junior year, those are the years I started having belts, like champion belts. Yeah. And it was different for me. It was different. I saw somebody I thought was cute. I was like, oh, whoa, you are looking good today, Missy. How are you? <laughs> I remember most of my teachers that look pretty. I'm like, I walk into class late, and they're like, I remember one time, I, I, I took it too far, though. My last year, I was feeling myself. I won my belt. I came in the classroom late. I think I forget her name. But I remember she she spoke to me outside of the hallway. I was being disrespectful. I'm like, oh, you are too cute to be upset right at me right now. She goes, who the hell? Are... She gave me that. <laughs> Sydney, just, come on. Just... I'm like, oh, whoa, what did I do, man? Right. I'm like, I'm taking it too far. Back right. pedal, back pedal. I'm sorry, this is what you call. Oh, man. So that, then your first fight. Like, Are you nervous when you go into these fights, or at least your first fight, is there a process you go by in the locker room to get yourself prepared, or you just kind of go for it and you're just even keeled the whole time? You know what? That's funny you're missing the process. Um, I, I just want the people that was with me. Like, I told a lot, of, like, me and my family aren't really close, but, like, when I left them, everything was different. Like, um, like some of my family members are with me when I'm cutting the weight. So whoever's with me during the process of war or during a real war, basically cutting weight, those right. are the people I want with me when I get ready to go have fun. No, I'm never nervous. I, I actually, I get nervous to see my teammate fight. I hate it. I don't even want to know the result. I don't want to see it, to be honest. I get nervous. I really do. People say they get nervous, but no, I get nervous. I feel it. It's a big, big, big difference. But, um, like, when I'm in a cage, I'm just going in there and do work. And, you know, and it sucks because I hate fucking being in the main event all the time. 
I hate yeah. it. I never liked it. I mean, I can't enjoy it. Like, you uh-huh. fight, by the time I go out the cage, everybody's gone. Why? I want to <laughs> say hi to everybody. You know what I mean? Well, I want everybody well, to say, yo, can I get a pet? I want that, you know? But, yeah. um, but yes, uh, the process is I just need, I, I like to pray. I like to keep everything fun. I don't like to talk about the fight because whatever happens is going to happen. I'm going to do my thing. I don't get nervous because I got all the, all the nervous feeling. My opponent, I fought him literally every hour throughout, the, every minute, every second in my head when I'm running, when I'm sleeping, when I'm eating, when I'm, when I got to eat this nasty ass food. Oh, big shout out to Eat Clean, bro, for making the food so so good. But when I have to drink apple cider vinegar, when I have to run, when I have to work and then get back to training, go back to work and then go go to a client house or something. I fought him. I've been there. Every bad, you know, training with some of the best, like like, uh, the New Jersey uh, Regional Training Center, some of the best wrestlers on the face of the planet. You think I like wrestling with them? You think they don't feel good beating me up? Huh? (laughs) Of course they do. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you think you think that I think yo, I just messed up Sydney Outlaw. Every day I try <laughs> to not be comfortable. So I fought, I fight every day in every way. If I'm in the sauna, remember I told you if I'm in there for 10 minutes and I want to yeah. get out during the eight minutes, I'm like, no, I got I'm fighting. I try to make it uncomfortable. So when it's that day, I can do whatever the fuck I want. You can't yeah. tell me, oh Sydney, don't do this. No, I'm going to. This is my fun day. Fighting that fight day is next to fun day. I don't get why people should get nervous. I'm going in there to have fun. I'm not going in there to knock them out, to submit them. It just so happened when I have fun, it's a bunch of chaos. I don't care what people think. Are you watching footage of these guys in advance? I imagine at some level, if not you, your coaches. Like if you're fighting whoever it might be, how much does it affect your training camp? Or do you are you just going in there to impose your will? That is funny you say that. My last fight, I got. I'm going to start watching some footage. I'm going. To, <laughs> yeah. I really got to. My last fight, I forgot I was fighting a uh, Spanish guy. Yeah. I really got to stop doing that because I get there, I look retarded. Like see, like my my boy Caesar's right next to me, and they're like, yeah. "Yo, I think that's your opponent." I'm like, "Who?" He's right next to me. I'm like, "Huh?" I'm like, "I didn't know that." I got to stop doing that. It's not looking good. My, but I'm no. I train every day. I don't really know anything about. My opponent, I try not to because I try to, like, every second, again, I got the best in the world, so I fight. It it makes me comfortable. I guess I'm a head case, so I Mm -hmm. think about a blank white piece of paper or a blank person, and you're going to fight them. It's simple. You win, you win. You lose, you lose. At the end of the day, people go in there and everybody's pussyfied. You want to go in there and fight. That's it. Go in there and fight. That's it. You're going to be fighting some of the guys, I guess, who you've been watching on the TV soon, right? Maybe at some stage you've kind of admired them do you think you might find that intimidating or does that change the game because you are fully aware of what they've got yeah you're you're right i like this guy i like him that's a good question (laughs) when i'm in the ufc i'm going to take over i'm going to the only only real fight i have is the weight cutting but um god is like i said forged me i got some of the best training partners i got some of the best size not only that i got some of the best knowledge you know some of the best energy it isn't intimidating i say my first two fight they'll know who i am and then things will be different. They need a full fight camp. They're not taking a fight on short notice. They're not. Or they're going to get paid a lot of money. <laughs> so when you hit camp, Sydney, when you start, you got your opponent, when you hit camp, what's a day like in the camp for you? I know you're doing multiple sessions. What kind of walk us through what the fuck you got to do to be prepared for a fight? My first thing, I wake up, you know, I try to pray. 
try to uh, get my supplements. And of course, you got to apple cider vinegar, all your nutrients and stuff. The reason why I take so much is because I do a lot. You know, I do a lot and I have to be alert because I work. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't slack off. So I make sure I, I drink my apple cider vinegar. My nutritionist gave me some great stuff. So she said, this is what you have to do. Apple cider vinegar, BCAs. I, I take a shot, let it dissolve on my body, blah, blah, blah. Um, get up. I go train in the morning. I have to do something in the morning before everything starts, right? What's, what's so, that? What do you do? Run? run no, bike? well, funny you mentioned. I like to stretch, then I go to work in the morning. I okay. go to train somebody in the morning. You know, I go to her house. She's like the day one client. I go to her house. I train her for a little bit. Then from there, I go home. I probably take like a 30-minute nap or whatever. I'll lay down. I'll play some video games. And then go to Ricardo or as a bulldog. Nice. Those are the two things I go. Well, so go to Ricardo. You, you can't uh, give up the PlayStation, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and normally, I, listen, and the sad part is, but by the way, I suck. I suck at it. <laughs> I, I don't you, know why. I suck at the game. Do. And that's, that's some. And sometimes I don't even, I just buy the game just to buy it because I'm cutting weight. I need something to focus on. But All I still right. suck at it. I got to go on YouTube and look at how you do this shit. <laughs> how do you get this forward? Like how do you how do you find how do you find a legendary sword? Where is this legendary sword? That, I, don't, I don't even know. You know, but um, with that said, it's like um, I wake up, I, I either go to work or I go to train. Yeah. By the time twelve o'clock hit, I'll go to work at uh Outlaw Fitness, training a bunch of kids that are awesome. I love those little kids. And when I'm done with that, I'll go to do some mitt work. I try to work out six hours out of the day. When I'm done with that, I'll go to Carl. Do some mitt work, work on some technique for a full hour. After that, I'll try to get some road work in. Road work for me is very important because I can. It's a mind thing and it's a leg thing. I got some big legs, by the way, full muscles. You know, I squat right now. I can put on a bar and squat right now, 450, 450 pounds right now at a lightweight. Nice. So that's not good. I try to keep that. Uh, I can deadlift easily 500 pounds, no pressure. Um. Bench press, I suck, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, that doesn't matter to fighting, does it? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it might be impressive or maybe it might. I can clean and press. I don't know, muscle up. But but that's not the point. The point of the matter is I do row work because it's a mindset, you know, and I got to keep my leg indoors. After that, I always have to do something at nighttime. I either wrestle or work on some technique. On Tuesdays, I will work and then I will go spar. I will work and then I will go spar. And then sparring, that, are you just doing boxing? Are you doing Muay Thai? Are you doing MMA? Wrestling? MMA. The whole MMA. thing, all put together. Yes, it will be MMA. It will be MMA, and then after that, we'll do some positional stuff. I love positional stuff because that's that great uh, area people just don't want to do. People don't want to be on the ground and not be uncomfortable. In a that's bad where, position and try to figure your way out. Exactly. My coach. Rich Lada, I can say, when you see that in the cage, you're not seeing Sydney. oh, he's just an amazing athlete. No, I was a fat boy. I was a dude that just liked to be <laughs> in, the, in the room eating donuts. I was a guy that liked to eat bologna sandwiches. That's this guy, okay? <laughs> I got a part of Renzo Gracie, PA, Pennsylvania, and yeah. you know what? Life was different. I got a six-pack, okay? They like me. People like me. Girls like me sometimes. But with that said, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like you see, that's his mindset. Never be a comfort. Comfortability is next to death, period. You're right. comfortable in a situation, you're going to die soon. Somebody's going to, you know, like when they never want to be comfortable, never want to be comfortable. Make your di your discomfort your comfort zone, you know, you know and you take them there. It sounds a lot like David Goggins. You know who Goggins is? 
No, he's, he's an Navy SEAL guy, but he, he talks about always suffering and pushing through it, and that's what drives him. It's pretty fascinating. Who, who talks about that? I know exactly that? what about. No, that nigga's crazy. No, no, no. I'm not gonna, <laughs> No, no. He, I, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm I'm the fighter. I'm just a fighter. Listen, I'm talking about actually shit that could happen. I, yeah. I mean, he's never going to be in a below, in an ice pool. He's never going to be there. Why would you be there? Me? I want to be there actually be there and fighting. He, right, he right. did shit for fun. Man, man, hey, that's him. Salute to him. We need more people in the world like him. I like him. Yeah. I am being real. I might fight. I might fight a Russian. Never know. You never you know. know. <laughs> it's order. Yeah, you. Yeah, you never know. I might uh, fight a, a guy. You know, you never know. I fought a lot of people on steroids. That didn't help. Yeah, when I fought those guys on steroids, I'm like, well, what separated them from me? I won, right? You would say, oh, he won. With that said, I'm like, it gotta be up here, right? Because it didn't affect me, but for some reason, he looked bad. He was strong for a little bit, but it went away. So, what? And, and that's me as a kid because I'm by myself. I don't really have family that like me that much. So, I gotta talk to myself, you know, a lot in my yeah. head. So, I figured this stuff out mentally. And um, the mindset was just, you just keep going, keep going. Coach Rich, back to Coach Rich again. He don't care. Focus on yourself, focus on getting better. Never be comfortable. If you feel like you're comfortable, then you go somewhere else that's going to make you uncomfortable. That's a big deal. What's the next fight for you? You're in camp now. Who are we going against? What are we doing? Well, that's, fun. it's, that's funny you mention that. Um, my first goal was when I didn't know, if, when after the contender, I'm like, well, what do I do? I want to fight everybody that was the prospect. I was like a little dick in a way. Anybody that had a chance, I just wanted to eliminate them. So I said, ah. I talked to my, yeah, I'm like, anybody that says they're the best fighter, if I see that, that's the guy I want to fight. But if they're a bum, of course, I'm not going to fucking fight them. Right. It's not, I'm not going to waste my time. You're pretty humble. I mean, I, I've gotten the opportunity to speak with you, and, and you, although you train real hard, you know you're real talented, you're not that boastful, kind of loud guy in that. So you see that, and you want to you just kill those guys. That's pretty funny. Dude, yes, yes. This is fighting is fighting. You're going to fight. You know, you don't need to do all that. You're not going to do that with me, you know? I mean, you're not going to do that with me regardless, but if they want to promote the fight, they're going to promote it by themselves. But if you want to see a fight, you bring me the best fighter. People, somebody also mentioned a couple times like my fight was boring. Like, dude, no. First of all, there's they're not. And second of all, if they are, then it's, find me a fighter that is not going to allow me to do whatever the hell I want. You know what I mean? <laughs> does that you ever know? influence you on the outside? I'm assuming it doesn't. But someone said, "Hey, you don't do enough of this. I want to see you do a a spinning heel kick to his head. Why don't you do that? Whatever bullshit that is. Do you listen to that stuff? Does it affect you?" No, like I said, today we got the best rapper alive is what, 6ix9ine with a rainbow color hair. Yeah, no. He's a gangster. You think I care? No, I, I don't Not care. At, at the end of the day, the people that are saying they can't beat me, so I'm good. I just got to, all I got to do is do this for, I know what I'm doing it for. You know what I mean? I got to focus. I got to give, you know, the best. Give all the glory to God, my coaches, make sure I make them proud and just keep trying to mentally motivate myself. You know, at the end of the day, I'm just, my, my main, my real goal is to, like, I know where I'm from. I see all the kids. Like, me, I was very privileged to those, like, in, like, the hood. I was very privileged. I had PlayStation. I had Sega Genesis. My mom was really good. So, you know, a lot of people don't have that. If they see a guy like me, they're like, oh, I want to be like Sid. All this started because I saw Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan, you know, was like, um, he was a regular guy, Michael Jordan. He made yeah. that name, right? He made that name, yeah, right? Absolutely. The same thing. Mike Tyson, uh, Dennis Rock, they made their own name. And the same thing. I actually have a good name, Sitting Outlaw. You it's can't, a great name. God, God is like, look, you can't fuck this up. 
you got a good nigga. All right, you're, right. you're a tough kid. You you gotta try to mess this up. So I'm like, yeah, you're right. I can I can make my name to something like Mike Tyson. Like I thought it was a a nickname, but no, that's his name. You know, that's his, his name, and I, I just wanna make my name a name, not just to be cool or not. Just so people that are going through something, they can be like, yo, you know what? If this cornball can do it, I know I can do it. I'm just a regular guy that like to go to Wawa and eat, you know? And I just want to be a world... (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I just want to be a world champion. And then when you see... You know, when you see me, you be, you know, you can, I can, I can remind you like as an Andy Hernandez or whatever that guy that knocked out Anthony Joshua. Andy, Andy Ruiz. Ruiz. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that Andy Ruiz comes in there, right? Apparently looks, appears to be out of shape and, and yeah. took the title away from the world champ pretty easily, actually. So you exactly. never right. And you know the sad part is everybody's talking about him eating Snickers. And I like how he's going at because any publicity is good publicity, right? right. We're talking about his weight and how he looks. Dude, let's not take away from the fact that he just beat the most deadliest heavyweight on the freaking planet. You know what I mean? He just right. did that. Now, I understand how he looks is ridiculous. Trust me. I'm not trying to be like that. I want to, I like my six pack and stuff. <laughs> but hey, it still worked for him, right? You know? Yeah, what he did is it's magnificent. And what he's did, what he done probably more than what Anthony Josh, Anthony Joshua actually looked apart. The it's a lot of kids out here that commit suicides and, and then very depressed from the way they look. So when they see that guy, they're like, yo, I can I can do this. You know what I mean? I can be like this guy. I can I can I can look disgusting. I'm not saying he's disgusting for my <laughs> I, can, I can look I can look like this. You know what I mean? I can look like this and be awesome. You know what I mean? I'm beautiful. You dig what I'm saying? Like people are just so judgmental now. It's, it's funny. It's, I think it's hilarious. I'm like I just know I want to be better than I was yesterday, and I'm trying to surround myself with people that can make me a better human being. When I'm a better human being, I can help out these little kids. Right now, I'm still working on myself and trying to... I'm just trying, man. What can fans expect to see from you, like, in terms of, you know, style? Are you a striker, a grappler? How would you want to be known in the UFC? And is there anyone that you sort of see as a role model in the UFC? I want to be the guy that can do whatever I want. You know, I, I train with some best the best strikers on the face of the planet. Um, I train with the best wrestlers on the face of the planet. I train with the best grapplers on the face of the planet. I just want to be the guy that can just do whatever he wants, you know, just going forward. You know what I mean? Going forward. He can he can do whatever he wants. I could. I can strike. I think people didn't see that in my Titan fight. I can strike, and I was striking when I, if I have to. If I don't, then I'll just do what I want. But with that said... I looked up to Eddie, Frankie. I looked up to all those guys. But one of my, my new favorite one is definitely Jorge Masvidal. I look up to him because, I mean, for granted, he's a great fighter. Kind of biased, right? Kind of cornballish, right? But when you actually hang out with the guy, you're like, yo, this is a real one. He's one of the realest ones. Jorge, listen, those is there's fake people out there on the planet that was shaking hand and want to watch you, just watch you, and be like, oh, Jorge is not like that. Master Doll is not that he's a real one. If he if he can help you with help, he'll give you advice or you want. He's different. He's a real one. So it, it makes me look at everybody else. I'm like, what the fuck were y'all? He got in the phone. He was like, I got you. Are you hungry? I got you. You know, you, you thank you for helping me out such and such. I'm helping him train. He's helping me train. You know what I mean? Like sure. he's paying yeah. me to help me. It's weird. He's a good guy. I'm like, dude, this is ridiculous. I <laughs> like it. You know, <laughs> you know, and 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 it's like I said, I don't want to be biased because it's gonna be cornball. Like, oh, you like a guy that you're training with, you know, like when you're it's a great, you're learning. I just I like 
King Mo, another guy, great guy, great. Sucks he retired. He retired. I think his retirement was actually when I was down here. Actually, uh -huh. great guy. It's a lot of great people. Um, like like I said, Eddie, he's a real one. Frankie's a real one too. Sure. You know. Yeah, so I would say either Jorge. Jorge definitely is ridiculous. I mean, ask anybody that, that know him, they'll tell you, like, you can be his enemy, but I guarantee likes him. Everybody likes him. He's just not everybody. Who cares about what everybody thinks? But when you meet him, you'll be like, yo, wow, he's a, he's a, he's something, he's pure. He's a, he's a genuine gangster. He's a gangster. Don't get it twisted, by the way. <laughs> so what's, what's the game plan over the next two years? Like, to get into the UFC, to win the title, mm -hmm. is that basically it in a nutshell? There's... I'm sorry, guys. I'm so boring, but that's basically it. Make sure I'm <laughs> it. That's basically it. Get in there, get in the title, but I don't want to just have the title. I want to be that guy that's fuck. Like if, if I like like if you see yo, I can't get you a title shot yet, but I want to be known like the Grim Reaper, you know. But that's time would tell. Time would tell. Like I just I just want to be that guy that the, the real fighter. I want just, just time would tell. You know, put in God's hand. Just want to be better than I was yesterday. You know. How about after that all happens? We we get in there. You win the title, you, you reign for a period of time. What happens after the UFC? Is that something that never even crosses your mind? Like, what happens in the, the next part of your life after we're done fighting? Because at some point in time, you're still young, but at some point in time, that happens. Have you ever mm -hmm. thought about what you want, want to do after that? Is that just... Well, right now, we got this gym called Outlaw Fitness down in uh, Manalapin, uh, New Jersey. Yeah. Check it out, guys. You like Manalapin Fitness and... It's out no, Manalapin, Manalapin, New Jersey, Marlboro area. I know exactly. No, right now we got this gym called Outlaw Fitness, so we're trying to work on that and stuff. Um, right now my real goal is to really, like, I want to deal with kids and, like I told you, like, inspire. My main goal besides being a champion, I want to give all the glory to God, become the champion, and then touch the kids. You dig what I'm saying? Because that's really important. That's the future. You know, I, that's the, I know it sounds so corny, but no. that's the future. That's what it is. I know people don't last on my motivation, you know. Having little kids coming up and saying, Coach said, you did so awesome. Wow. Can I take a picture? And I'm like, oh, okay. You got it. Tom had asked, like, I got a lot of boxers and, and fighters at the gym and taking a lot of kids from the inner city. At the end of the day, having that kid off the street doing the right thing, having a purpose in life is far more satisfying mm. than anything else because you're giving back. Don't get it people. twisted. I don't need the belt to be the best fight on the planet. Not at all. I want you to know. I want the champion to know I'm better than you. That's it. That's more satisfying than me. I <laughs> love saving kids and everything. But just to know the champion of the world know that I'm that guy. Oh, I, I'm getting too excited over here. <laughs> but that, with, with that said, it's, that's really, really exciting. That, it just does something to my body. Like, all right, you're done. You can relax now. Eat some hot dogs. Uh, Sydney, thanks, buddy, for, look, taking your time out of training. I know you're down at American Top Team down in Florida. And, and I really appreciate it. And please, when you come back up to Jersey, stop by and visit. And I'll see you at one of our shows. And uh, we'll hang out. That's I appreciate it. I'm very, very excited. Helen's, Hel Helen's a hell of a matchmaker. She's, she's real good. Awesome. Real good. But she's uh, the, 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 the queen of MMA. I like uh, that. Ah, first lady. First lady. Yeah, we couldn't not mention Helen. We've had her on the show as well. Tell us about your relationship with her and um, I guess how those talks with the UFC are progressing. 
day one, when I first started my amateur career, she was like, oh, you got it. You got it. She was like, she she's one of the realest ones. When things aren't working out, she's like, listen, baby, you got to go to another promotion because nobody's going to fight you. I can't find nobody to fight you. She's real. She wasn't just sitting me on the back. You know what I mean? She would be like, yo, when I was losing, when I when I lost, she actually hit me up and was like, dude, at one point in your career, guys will fear to fight you, Sydney, but now everybody want to fight you. She was, she said, she said you had a list of people that say, yes, I want to fight Sydney Outlaw because they thought you were sweet. I'm like, wait a minute. I never knew it was hard to fight. I didn't know how the matchmaking was until she told me. She was at yeah, one point in your career, Sydney, it was fucking hard to find you any fight. Nobody on the face of the planet wanted to fight you. But now, when you lost, they wanted to fight you. But now, again, it goes back to everybody's ghost. With that said, <laughs> Helen, Helen been there. When I dislocated my shoulder, Helen been there. Family, I'm telling you, family disappeared. When I was cutting weight, nobody. Nobody. My uncle Greg, I love him to death. My brother Don just got, I love him to death. My sister sometimes. Uh, like, it's a lot. My dad, forget about it. He's not there. But, like, three family members there and her. So I got rid of the, I got rid of the family and just kept her. She was there, dude. I'm telling you, when just <laughs> okay to my shoulder, she was there. In the hospital, she was there. Getting my getting uh getting some medicine for my tooth, she was she's always there. I give my like, yo, she's awesome. Awesome. When I'm getting a girlfriend, I'm going through it, she's there. She's like, yo, you know what? <laughs> I'm like, when I ask her, when I ask a question, like, why do women always yell at me when they're going through their little period, Paul? She gave me the whole birds and bees, Paul. Talk, and I'm, like, I'm like, all right. She, she was like, she was like, baby, let me tell you. She was like, baby, let me tell you we're all crazy. You're not going to find a non-crazy one. It's what you can deal with, okay? It's what you can handle. And tell me, you are the sweetest thing out there? <laughs> I'm like, I got you. <laughs> That's Always awesome. something feel good. I love it, man. I love it. She's awesome. But she's a, she was one of the founder of me. She's, no doubt. No she's, doubt. she's great. She's great. Awesome, Sydney, yeah. buddy. Thanks so much, man. Go back to training. You're rolling down to what? How many hours you train today? Just two? Or none today? today? Probably like yeah. this four. It's like a vacation. This four. I had jujitsu at uh, 12 o'clock, so I guess that's over. It's over now. Like, well, you're busy doing a, a big radio show. You got it. Yeah. Got yeah, they they understand. <laughs> I, I rant this morning, so. Good. Awesome. Thanks, Sydney. I appreciate it. Tom, you got anything before we close out? Just for the fans that we've got um, Instagram, Facebook, follow Primal Radio. You know, there's good stuff on there. Uh, Sydney will be our 73rd show. There's loads of great content. Listen to it, like it, share it. Another great show. Ladies and gentlemen, Sydney Outlaw. Thanks, brother. We'll talk to you soon, my man. Love you guys. Love you all. Love you, man. Be good. You have been listening to Primal Radio in association with Primal Gym and Primal Promotions. Primal Radio is available on all good podcast venues. To help us grow, please subscribe, like it, share it, and leave us a great review.